Good morning. Okay, go ahead. Morning. <laughs> Happy Friday. Yeah, no kidding. This week kind of drug by. I, I still feel like I have like a jet lag from the holidays. Did you go anywhere on the holidays? No. You don't have jet lag. You have car lag. Car lag. Did you okay. go anywhere? That were you? Did you drive a distance? I guess we did. We went to Manz- Manzanita Beach. Well, that's a, yeah. You got car lag. But just having time off and then coming back and it's just, and then um, little days off like Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. Or I guess we didn't. We worked that day. Yeah, no, we worked. We did. <laughs> Management around here, they don't care. They made us work. <laughs> well, that's right. Your management. <laughs> um. I forgot what I was going to talk to you about now. Doggone it. That's all right. What do you got going on this weekend? I have to go to a funeral tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, a friend of mine passed away, and her funeral is tomorrow, so Patty and I are going to go to there. I'm so sorry. And um, yeah. It's going to be weird because uh, she was one of the soccer moms that that I coached her, both of her kids, for years when I was doing coaching. And I was talking to her daughter the other day, and she says, oh, yeah, so and so's going to be there. Oh, really? Yeah, she's bringing her kids. She's got kids? These people all have children. Mm-hmm. We were in a restaurant in, in Salem not too long ago. It was too long. It was about a year or so ago. And we're sitting down at this table, and this kid and his wife and two children sat next to us on the next table over. And he looks at me and says, hey, coach. And I looked at him and I says, do I know you? He says, yeah, you coached me for soccer for four years. And I go, who are these people around you? He goes, those are my children. <laughs> no, no, you, you send them back, you know. <laughs> It's they grow up too fast. Time flies. Your son's what? Sixteen now? Yeah, sixteen and a half. He's gonna oh the half. That's still important that half part. It is because he's basically eighteen. I feel like he mm-hmm. uh, he goes to school and then he works part time and then he goes to the he does the gym and he he drives. So he drives. He works. He goes to school. It's just. Is he it, in love it, yet? It's all no. He's, that you know of. No, he's not. He's he's pretty honest and open with me about stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> he says that I, I love this about him, that he would rather wait to date because he says it's always so much drama. He that's says smart kid. He says you date somebody and either you break up and then you're not friends anymore. And that's drama. Or they get in a fight with one of your friends and that's drama. Or you don't hang out with your friends anymore because you have a girlfriend and then that's drama. He says, Her so, mom doesn't like her and that's drama. <laughs> he says, so it's just easier just to be friends right now and focus on... Well, good for him. Just focus on school and work and stuff like that and then worry about a girlfriend later. He said, it's just a, a lot of drama. There. You got a good kid there. <laughs> He's a good one. He is. Yeah, I'm really fortunate. I does, love my does, boy. Does he get in trouble in school at all? Or No, no. He's a good kid. Tell him to call me. <laughs> Have him give me a buzz. Did no. you get in trouble in school? I did. I did too. I did. Yeah. I went to an alternative school. Yeah. Which was better for me because um, it was a smaller uh, group of, it was a smaller school. The school I went to is like 4,500 students, uh, the wow. high school. And it was really difficult for me. It's a lot um, of people. It was so much. So then I went to an alternative school that was much smaller. And I actually, so I went from having straight F's to having straight A's and graduating yeah. with a 4.0 because of the smaller learning. You. Smaller learning setting. I was. I didn't do good in huge classrooms where yeah. I was completely ignored by the teachers. Yeah. So I had a I had a um, a chair in the principal's office that was my chair. I'd walk in there and Mr. Long would say, "Good morning, Mr. So have a seat." And I go, "How do you know what I did?" He goes, oh, "I'm sure you'll tell me." <laughs> Jeez. And then I met him. Um, oh gosh, about ten years after. Good morning. It is. Oh wait a minute. Well, good morning.
It is 37 degrees, sunny skies. Weather-wise, it's going to heat up to about 42 balmy degrees tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be mostly cloudy with the highs around 46 degrees. Again, currently right now we have 37 and sunny skies. It was foggy this morning when I came in. Mm-hmm. Did you hit a bunch of fog? It, yes. All right. uh, this past week was Martin Luther King Day, and I, I was going to talk about all, some of these facts here, but I, I didn't get to it um, because we were probably talking about who knows what. Uh, so let's go through a couple of them real quick here until you've, uh, you're ready to jump in there with that. Martin Luther King Day was celebrated on the third Monday in January, and that's around Dr. King's birthday. His real birthday is actually January 15th. He was born in 1929. He was assassinated when he was only 39 years old in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, I actually, when we were in Tennessee a few years ago, we went by that uh, apartment complex that he was at when he was assassinated there. And uh, you'd think there'd at least be a sign or something. Nothing there. Right. Nothing, nothing at all. It's kind of, kind of huh. sorry to hear that. Um, Toronto, Canada also celebrates Martin Luther King Day. Did not know that. And uh, that's all I got. Okay. I got a little update on Brenda. Um, oh, I was going to ask you about she that. She is uh, with Kicking Cancer. Um, oh. I have that show on Saturdays with Baron, and Brenda is his sister. And she had her uh, breast cancer return after six years and just went into surgery yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. Um, so it looks like she said that they she is discharged and on her way wow. home. Wow. She said, seems pretty quick, but I guess it's bec- it's for the best because you will know how much rest people get in hospitals. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not much. I know that. <laughs> um, says the staff was truly amazing, and she got excellent care, and she's happy to be home. Uh, doesn't say if they got it all or not, so I don't right. have an update on that, but it looks like she's doing well and recovering. And um, I was thinking about her yesterday. I know. I, I did a lot of praying. That, gosh, I hope she's going to pull through it, and uh, you know what? Apparently, hopefully, she has. Yeah, there's pictures of her on here, and she looks like she's in good spirits, as usual. Uh, that's one thing. She's always p- so positive. Yeah, doesn't that make you mad? No, it, it does ma- me. It, <laughs> it's supposed to do the she's opposite, always so Terry. nice. It's supposed to do the opposite. Well, it doesn't. So she's going to join us on her uh, on this weekend show, uh, Kicking Cancer, and Terry, you'll be on our mm-hmm. show as well. And that's the Kicking Cancer Cares at 9 a.m. on Saturday on KSLM Radio, 104.3 FM and 12.20 a.m. I'm sorry I taught you that. I know. You taught me everything I know, you know. know. That scares me even more. (laughs) That's why you don't know a lot, because I didn't teach you a lot. And then we have somebody on um, your show coming up this week, and that's uh, Joe Pulowski, right? That's who we're doing this week? No, we're doing doing, um, the Secret Service guy. Joel Pulowski. Is that Joel? And he was, I guess he wasn't a Secret Service. He was a, um, he was in the Army and then did Homeland Security. And he's the uh, uh, chair for the Marion County Republican. Yeah. Um, And so we have him coming on. He was a lot of fun. He was. He's a good talker. Yeah. So he'll be on tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Yep. And then again. Hopefully. Hopefully. And then again at 6 p.m. on Sunday. Sunday. Hopefully. What's that hopefully mean? Because someone's got to get in there and uh, produce a show. <laughs> Which I brought to work with today. Because guess what I do when we get off the air? <laughs> Anywho. So those will be some t- two really good shows back to back this weekend. Yeah. Well, we're really glad about Brenda. I was going to call uh, Baron today and ask him about it. Now I don't need to. Give us an update. Yep. Dan Mangino is up next. 37 degrees, sunny skies. It's a Friday. TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. Mm-hmm. We'll be- Back in a little bit.
Two on this a Friday, Terry Saul, Amanda Smith, hanging out with you. Thirty-seven degrees, cloudy skies. It's going to get heated up to about forty-two degrees okay. today, and that's that's about it. Okay, so I've got some information here. So it says you got to throw it. You got to go. Oh, that's the okay. way Rush Limbaugh used to do. All it. right. So the state audit calls on health authorities to fix problems with Measure One Ten addiction problem, and I have a whole article here. So I'm going to have to kind of go through and give you guys bits and pieces but it looks like um the law discriminate or decriminalized low level drug possessions and directed people towards treatment programs funded with more than a hundred million dollars annually from Hmm. cannabis tax revenues um i'm gonna skip bunch uh so it says oregon is the second highest addiction rate in 2020 so I feel like that's only really? that's only higher at this point. Uh, more than 18% of Oregonians 12 and older were affected by this, and it is ranked the last nationwide to access treatment, is what the audit said. So we really? are the highest with the addiction rate, and we are coming last with access to uh, treatment. Is that because we didn't have a governor for the past few years? Right. Okay, so it says the auditor's findings. So I'm going to kind of read through this, and it's going to be – I'm going to fumble through it, so bear with me here. All right. Okay. Um, The state auditors found the program needs more data to determine whether the measure is working and money is spent appropriately. For example, the health authorities awarded an initial $33 million grant to providers when the program started, but the agency lacked data about how the money was spent or how the grants improved access to treatment and services, the auditor said. The measure required the authorities to establish an oversight and accountability council by appointing 20 citizens charged to award the more than $100 million annually to providers. Hmm. Audited. Auditors found the authority did not provide the council enough support or resources to do the job. The council members, many of them with full-time jobs outside of this, told authorities that they were unable to work effectively due to the lack of experience or leadership. The state's reviewed the handling of the grant applications was chaotic with incomplete documentation, confusion among applicants and inconsistent standards. Auditors found the problem grew because the council received more than 300 applications, way more than anticipated. Council members became frustrated with the health authority staff. Uh, One council member told auditors the group spent more than 100 hours evaluating grant applications and had the work returned to them marked as incomplete by authority staff. How much longer do I have left? Okay. Um, The measure required the state to create a hotline, this is what gets me, for people with substance abuse issues. The auditors found that it may not be the best use of tax dollar resources because the state already has other hotlines that help with drug and alcohol issues. During the first 15 months, the hotline had 119 calls, a cost of over $7,000 per Mm. call. Per call? Per call. I don't know how. So 119 calls during 15 months, costing costing over $7,000 per call. So we'll kind of break that. I'd like to know what the breakdown is, where they come up with that figure. All right. Well, that's what they say. They they, they say that they, they spend this money and grant this money, but then there's no...
so they probably put that no much paper trail. Right. Where's 37 degrees, cloudy skies outside Terry Solomon Smith, TGIF. Thank goodness it's Friday. Let's finish up what we were talking about. Okay, so the state audited, um, it says state audit calls health authority to fix problem with measure 110 addiction program. Uh, it looks like the program was going to... Am I cutting out there because my headphones? No, you're fine. Okay. Um, the law discriminalize low level drug possessions, basically any possession of any drug, I feel like. Um, and then they were going to fund it with more than $100 million annually from cannabis taxes. Um, in the study, it showed that um, Oregon had the second highest addiction rate in 2020, which has only increased since then, and that we ranked very last nationwide with access to treatment. So we had the highest addiction rate. And the lowest treatment. Got it. Um, it showed that the audit had founded a bunch of different things that they uh, had money going to places, but they couldn't actually track it, where it went, how it was helping. Um, and then the biggest one where we left off is that I'll require, or I'll reread this. The measure required the state to create a hotline for people with substance abuse issues. The auditors found it may be the be- it may not be the best use of tax dollars resources because the state already has other hotlines that help with drug and alcohol issues. During the first 15 months, the hotline had 119 calls, a cost of over $7,000 per call. So I broke this down a little bit during the break. $7,000 per call, and they had how many calls? 119. In 15 months. So I times 15 months by 30, rough, and got 450. 450 days. 450 days. Okay. So then I divided 450 days by the 119 calls, and it was 3.78. So about every three to four days, they received a call. Now, I took those 119 calls and times them by 7,000. Excuse me. $833,000. So almost a million dollars went towards this hotline for 119 people to call. That's our tax dollars. So there's days, three days without a call. What are these people doing that are manning the hotline for those three days? Well, and it's like, is that really worth a, a million yeah, dollars? Yeah, exactly. A million dollars when for 119 phone calls, when, yes, we do have other resources we could direct, those other hotlines that are already up and functioning and working, to put that wow. much, I just can't wrap my mind around how a phone call can cost $7,000. That's amazing. It's frustrating because there is treatment programs out there. They they need to focus this money in other places um, besides $7,000 for a phone call. And I would like to know of, of those 119 phone calls, who actually went and got help? Yeah. How did they help them? You know, you could almost take that $833,000 and just hire one person to work that hotline yeah. by themselves. One person. Right. That's all you need. And you don't have to pay them that kind of money. No, that's outrageous. Amazing. Um, if you guys want this full article, I know some of my articles you guys request. So um, email me, amanda at kslm.news, and I will get you over this whole article so that you can read it, share it, and do what you want with it. It's pretty uh, interesting, to say the least. Well, good job on finding that and bring it to our attention there. And you have yourself a great week and be safe. Yes, we'll see you, you out too. here Monday. Happy Friday.